0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network T 5 4
1: three, two, one.
2: calculating on another planet with planet sport Bet. your world of sports betting 18 plus begambleaware.org
1: access
0: granted Hello and welcome to On Another Planet with me, Emma Jones and Robbie Savage. Every week, former top flight footballer and current director of football at Macclesfield FC, Robbie Savage will join me, Emma Jones, to discuss the ins and outs of exactly what it's like to be in the boardroom at a professional football club, and some of it might surprise you. What's more, this is the only podcast where you get to ask questions directly to one of the men in suits, or in Robbie's case, a slim cut t-shirt, about how football clubs run, what he'd do in certain footballing situations if he were in charge, or just to get his view on the current sport headlines. Plus, we'll be joined each week by a top sport journo to chew the facts over the week's big football and sporting news. Get your questions in now via at Planetsportbet and make sure you're following this show wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss an episode. All
1: right, mate, how are we? Very well, Jonesy. Macclesfield, one of the weekend. Leeds, won't Bristol City on Friday. Oh, happy weekend for the pair of us.
0: Great run of form. Now, the reason for us doing this, Robbie, is because you and I work together quite a lot, and every time I see you, there is always a new drama at Macclesfield FC, something that you've got to tell me about. So we thought we might as well get you saying this on a microphone. Um, So let's strip it right back. How long have you been at Mac now, mate?
1: Three years now, Josie, um, from the moment that my partner, Rob Smethers, rang me up on a Friday night and said, I've just bought Macclesfield. And I said, wow, what on earth are you doing? He was on a night out, seeing Macclesfield come up on right moves. I think he paid nearly £400,000 for it. Rung me up and said, listen, come in with me. Financed, I couldn't. I thought, wow, I can't put my money into a football club. Not that I've got any left. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he said, could I'll give you a percentage of the football club, come in and be director of football. It's something I've thought long and hard about. You know, I never thought about doing it. Didn't think I would have the determination, the drive. You know, did I think I was educated enough to be a director of football? Um, You know, because of my playing days. Can I control my emotion enough to be a director of football? I think I've done that. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's hard. It's hard, Jonesy. It's hard. You know, and it must be hard for... My head coaches I employ because with me sitting, you know, in the stand on a match day, the emotion, you know, I can see stuff as well and it must be hard and I I understand that because of a big personality, a big character, and I wear my heart on my sleeve. So again, it's had so many facets to it, but inevitably it's something that I accepted. You know, we've become best friends, um, we spend every hour at the football club, you know, unpaid. And how we work it is, see what my partner wanted to do was to make a self-sufficient football club. So what we do is, I think it's cost about two million pounds to open the doors the season at Macclesfield, and whatever we bring in over that, um, is the first team budget. So this year we're bringing in, you know, about two point five million. Mm. Um, those figures aren't exact, but you know the the profit is the first team budget. So we we leave that in the football club for the for the for the management to you know to you know spend the budget as part of the first team. So again, we don't take a penny, um, neither of us. And what I will say is that it's it's so time consuming. I thought it'd be a bit of fun. Um <laughs> when it said it and I think so did he. But there's nothing further from the truth where everybody's cup final, you know, everybody Wants to get one over on us. People don't like me. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I don't know what you mean, mate. <laughs> uh,
1: the narrative, the narrative. If it goes wrong, is easy to blame me. Um,
0: How do you feel about that? How do you feel about being the poster boy for blame?
1: I said, I've learned. I've learned to live with it. Um, you know, and at times, you know, emotions get. I get carried away, but I look at every detail. I look at. How the fine margins, I look how we can improve, constantly looking at players. And for the first, you know, um two years, two promotions in a row, we had a, we've had a fantastic time. We had a head of recruitment, Jimmy Holmes, who done unbelievably well for us. Um new management have come in on, I think we're on our um we've had Danny Whitaker, Dave McNabb, Neil Dans, Matt Duffy, we're on Alex Bruce. So five managers in three seasons, which I think that's probably par for the course. So again, we try and give everything we can, all our energy, all our emotion, all our knowledge to young managers. You know, we like to give first opportunities to young managers and at times, they're at the deep end because this is not a normal football club at these levels. This is a league club. So the pressure's on, the expectation is there. We have to deal with that. We have to Live with it. Like, I've got the non-lead paper there. Every defeat, it's a full page. Um, social media erupts. So, again, as a group, we have to deal with that. At times, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um,
0: What's the hardest part of your job?
1: You know, you say a job. It is a job now. It wasn't a job when I first come in with Rob. It was we thought we could have a bit of fun, you know, give a community its football club back, which is the most important thing. Um to see generations of football fans in tears when they lost their football club, to give it them back to to triple the attendance, the average attendance, to yeah, you know, have a thriving academy, um, six hundred youngsters playing football, you know, a thrive thriving women's team, top of their league. Um, my foundation, which enables four hundred kids to play free every week with with a fantastic group of volunteers, to see smiles on people's faces um, in the community to give families the chance to come and watch their football team on a weekend or midweek for the chance for them to, you know, go on the bus journeys to away grounds, to experience new away grounds makes, makes me and Rob so happy. But again, you know, what I didn't realise was that it would be a job. And people say to me, you know, people say, well, would you get as involved if you were at, Man United if you were at Liverpool. But I'm not being funny, if you were a director of football at those clubs, you'd be getting paid very handsomely. <laughs> and you wouldn't have to do every single, you know, thing from, you know, the amount of stuff I've done. And you've seen it, Jonesy, you've been here and you know how much energy and how much myself and Rob, you know, put into the football club. And I always believe that, you know, I know everybody's name at the football club. I think that was one thing I learned from Sir Alex at Manchester United, that, you know, when you're when you're heavily involved in a football club, you have to be personable. You know, I try and get to know everybody, from the stewards, from the bar staff, from everybody at the football club. I try and, you know, I I, I get to know them personally. But it's now a job, and it's an unpaid job. People might not believe that, but it's something that I want to do to the best of my ability. And, And listen, you know, people say, well, if I get stuff wrong, you can't sack yourself. Well, no, you can't. But, you know, all I can do is try and give my knowledge to people from 30 years of fo- experience in football. And it's it's very, very difficult. And you would not believe the feeling. And I never thought, Jonesy, that I've supported Wrexham growing up. You know, you're a Leeds fan and you you know you know how much it means when, Leeds win, and I'm sure your emotions are affected when Leeds lose but actually having an investment in a football club when you win the emotions are higher now than when you played which is quite remarkable because you know the first team winning or losing affects the whole structure of the football club it affects everybody's mood as a player I was quite selfish in terms of you know if the team win and I played well it was great if the team Lost and I played well. You'd be disappointed, but, oh, I played well. Now, if the team lose, it's horrific. You know, I sit for hours thinking, what could I have done better as a as a collective? What can we do better as a collective? And it's horrible. It's worse now losing for Macclesfield than it was losing as a Premier League player.
0: Well, look, this is a place where you can ask Robbie Savage anything that you want. Every single week here on on Another Planet, we are going to be delving into Robbie's role and finding out more about it. You can get in touch on the socials at Planet Sport Bet and ask Robbie anything within reason, Robbie. Is that all right?
1: Yeah, well, we are. Listen, it's been a a tough um, week off the pitch at at, at Mac, you know, with a few things which have, you know, have have happened. Um, But on the pitch, we had, you know, two good wins. And this weekend, Jonesy, it's the last 16 of the FA Trophy. Um, I know you've got your stats on that.
0: I, I have. So Macclesfield Town, when it was Macclesfield Town, they were the first ever winners of the FA Trophy in 1970, won it again in 1996. But since it becoming Macclesfield FC, this is the farthest you've got. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, we've had some great wins in the competition. We go to Hampton and Richmond at the weekend. Um, tough game. They're in the National League South. I think they're currently fifth. Um, one place below Maidstone. who are doing unbelievably wow, well in the ethical. They really are, yeah. So it's going to be a, a, a very, very tough game, but I believe we got the capabilities, we got the squad so, to win. Um, we're three games away from Wembley. Um, Macclesfield Town went to Wembley on four occasions. There's a... I believe we can win every game. I really do. It's going to be tough. Um, but again, the narrative around Mac is, oh, look at Macclesfield. The budget's huge. You know, they should be winning games. They they might start as favourites, but it's not. Look at Hampton and Richmond. Wonderful. You know, they're doing wonderfully well. Um, it's going to be a tough game. But, you know, people say to me, promotion or going to Wembley and winning the FA Trophy? Promotion. It is promotion. When I've heard clubs talk about that before, you know, oh, you'd love to win a trophy at Wembley, you'd love it for the fans, but fundamentally, fundamentally, promotion is what we want. I would sacrifice everything now to get promoted.
0: How, how far under you and Rob do you think Macclesfield FC can go?
1: I would say under myself and Rob, I would say promotion to the National League would be About that, but without investment, I would say getting out of the national league without investment would be very, very hard, very tough. Because I think this football club to be self-sustainable, because we we are doing everything we possibly can. We are draining every single part of the business into the first team, and probably you're looking at anything between five and eight hundred thousand into the first team budget at, at these levels. You know, National League North. If you can get up, you're probably looking at anything between five and eight hundred thousand, which we could leave in for the first team. But if you go into the National League, you know, you're talking over a million pounds at least on a playing budget, full time model to get all that. So, Rob Sorley I don't think couldn't do that financially. So again, you know, hopefully we we get a new investment in, and with that new investment, I honestly believe that we could get into the Football League.
0: Well, it's time to go up a few more leagues, Robbie, because it's time to talk about the Premier League action this weekend. We are now joined by the Team Talk editor, James Marshman. James, thank you so much for joining us. Uh,
2: No problem, Emma. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Now, you're a fellow Leeds United fan, uh, much to Robbie's dismay, two-on-one in this podcast. Um, So before we talk about the Premier League action, and I might be jinxing it by even asking you this, but do you think that we could get automatic promotion?
2: Yes, I do, and I said at the start of the season anything less than second would be a failure for this Legion at all. Anything less than promotion, I should say, would be a failure for this Legion United squad. Top 2 I think is possible, but even, you know, even if we were to finish 3rd and it's been a ridiculously strong season with Southampton and Leicester yeah, <laughs> I fancy is still in the playoffs.
0: Well, do you know what? Let's talk about the league that hopefully we are going to be in next season, then, shall we? Because there were goals galore in the Premier League this weekend. But, but for you two, Robbie, I know you're desperate to talk. What was your game of the weekend?
1: Um, the one that stood out: Newcastle's four, Luton four. Luton um, are doing unbelievably well under Rob Edwards. You know what an achievement that would be if they stayed up. If Luton Town stayed up, Rob Edwards would have to be the Premier League manager of the season. Um, quite remarkable. To go to St James's Park and be 4-2 up, OK, they've, they've conceded 4, but they've scored 4 away from home. That was a remarkable game. They're showing great spirit, great energy. And I tell you what, if Luton Town stay up, I don't care if if Liverpool win the quadruple, if City regain the Chapman's League, if Luton stay up, Rob Edwards is the Premier League manager of the season. Ross Barkley
2: in midfield has been absolutely exceptional. And, and you know, I wouldn't rule out a call up to the England squad. It might be a push because competition is strong, but were injuries to take hold in the England midfield, I could see Ross Barkley getting a call again. He's been that good. And Rob Edwards, like you've touched upon, Robbie, tactically absolutely brilliant. He's matched the best teams in the country and Luton, for me, would be worthy of staying up.
0: Do you think they will? Because they've got themselves out of the relegation zone now.
1: I think they will. I think they've got momentum. I think they've got a great spirit. I think they've got togetherness. They, they play a certain way. They can adapt. Yeah, I think they'll stay up. I said they'd go down, um, but I've changed my mind. I think they'll stay up.
0: James, what was your game at the weekend in the Premier League?
1: I'm going to say the um, the Arsenal-Liverpool
2: game yesterday, which obviously was a massive sort of one really for the, for the Gunners. They couldn't afford to lose. Had they lost eight points behind Liverpool, probably would have been too big a bridge to gap. But having watched them like Perform really, really well. They were up for it from the first whistle and they really sort of tore into Liverpool, really, and deserved that win. And it's great for the neutral now. We've got a three-way title fight with two points separating the top three teams. So it's great to watch.
0: That leads on to my next question, actually, because it does seem that now we do have a three-horse race at the top of the table. Robbie, I know that you still think Manchester City are going to win the Premier League. James, who's your money on?
2: I'm going to agree with Robbie. It's it's Man City because they do have a game in hand. They've got De Bruyne back, uh, which is which you cannot understate enough. De Bruyne coming back is huge. I do think Liverpool will be the nearest challengers and I certainly wouldn't rule out Klopp winning the title in his farewell season. Uh, and what a story that would be! I was disappointed with Liverpool yesterday. I thought they'd have that sort of belief still, but they were in. Bit of disarray they were. Well, they
1: did have the belief. They just—they beat Chelsea 4 1 in the week. They did, and I
2: expected a follow up, to be honest, and it just, they, they were second best from the first whistle, and that was disappointing. But only two defeats for Liverpool so far in the Premier League, so it's not impossible. You know, they can still be there or thereabouts to challenge Man City, but Arsenal, for me, I still think there's a calamity in there. Uh, you know, they're, they're capable of brilliant results. But then you think back to they've lost at home to West Ham. Things, results like that, I just think they've still got that within them. Whereas Man City have got another gear to go up and Liverpool just look that bit more
1: consistent.
0: Lads, I want to get both your opinions on the celebrations after that Arsenal win. Do you think it was too much?
1: No, not at all. Football's an entertainment business. It's emotions. Listen, Jonesy, I was celebrating our winning against Bamba Bridge. I ran down the touchline. Um, you know, that's what, it, that's what it means. Football is about pure emotion. And as James, who's agreed with me on everything I've said so far, said, if Arsenal would have lost that game, they're eight points behind Liverpool in the title race. The build-up in the week, everybody knew the pressure on the game. And Jurgen Klopp loves the celebration. He's got emotion. I remember him going on the pitch when... Liverpool scored in the last minute against Everton, I think. So, Mikel Arteta has got every right to sprint down the touchline because it's about emotion. And uh, Martin Erdegaard is 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 right. He's taking a photo of a of the photographer, a lifelong Arsenal fan. It's brilliant in front of you know the the home end. So, why not celebrate? People say, well, don't celebrate until you've won the league. It's a massive game. Every win in the Premier League is huge. And listen, they should celebrate it. It's about emotion. You're not telling me right now if Leeds won in the last minute and the manager, whoever you played, and ran down the touchline, that's okay. It's emotion. Oh, I'm going to have to agree because you know. <laughs> sorry,
2: but you know, you know, this is what this is what football is. We want to see that passion. We want to see that passion, and it was just great to watch. And, you know, I want to see the managers running down the touchline. You don't want these muted celebrations. I don't I don't like the Ancelotti, like, sort of raising the eyebrow, just accepting, yeah, we've won that one. I want to see the Diego Simeones. I want to see the Artetas running down the touchline. It's a great way, what I would say, is to unite the fans with the players. And I think Odegaard, I think he was quite clever with that. I think there was almost a bit of a you know, a hidden message. Let's get everyone united. Everyone has won. We can win this title. We can fight for it together. And the fans are a big part of that. And I think that was a a real clever captain's method of getting everyone unified and back on board and showing that belief that it is there and Arsenal can do it.
0: Right. Do you know what? We've all agreed too much so far. So I'm hoping for some healthy disagreement now. Let's talk about Chelsea. Jeff who, United are going to win the league. Chase, <laughs> what do you say to that? I agree. <laughs> Let's talk about Chelsea because they have now lost 10 games this season. That is one more than they have won. James, I'm going to come to you first. Do you think now is the time that they should pull the trigger and sack Parch or do they stick with him?
2: I think he's on borrowed time. I think the fact they've reached the Carabao Cup final could be a slight saving grace for him right now. I think back to a few years ago where Mourinho got sacked at Tottenham. And it was like a few days before the Carabao Cup final. And his argument was, hang on a minute, I could win a trophy here. And of course, when you win the Carabao Cup, it's the first trophy available of the season. Sometimes that's a springboard for bigger and better things. So for Pochettino to be sacked now, I think it would be hugely harsh, given they're in the Carabao Cup final. But I do think it's a strong possibility.
0: There's a lot of speculation around it, but Robbie, as somebody who, you know, sits in the boardroom, who is director of football, albeit in a totally different league, (laughs) what would you be encouraging? Do you stick or do you sack?
1: Well, it's a results business, but there's also a process and a project. Um, Pochettino was brought in to galvanise to improve his coaching methods, no European football for Chelsea. Um, the, the, The influx of players, how many, I don't know, nearly a billion pounds spent. Um, it's going to take time. You know, the thing I'd be looking at, A, who's brought those players in? Is it solely the hierarchy? Is it a collective? Bottom half of the Premier League table, as James has rightly said, in a cup final, I would stay with him because right now, if you were to sack him now, they can't bring any players in from now to end the season anyway. I would give him a pre-season. I really would. You know, there's got to be a a process. There's got to be joint thinking of where they're going and um, so I would be saying listen this season if you can win the Carabao Cup we know how important that could be it's the best trophy I've won it Um, you know it's it's far bigger than any other trophy Um so again if you can if you can win a trophy because I'd say right now if Chelsea can win a cup final at Wembley and if they finish seventh or eighth is that a good season I would say it's a trophy in the cabinet and then rebuilding the in, not rebuild, work with those players again, have a pre-season, and then let's see where Chelsea are after 10 games of next season. Would Chelsea
0: fans be happy with that? Or do you think that their standards for Chelsea, because it is Chelsea, is greater than that, is it not, James?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to look at where Chelsea have been over years. The Abramovich era, it was trophy after trophy after trophy. To see how far they've fallen and with the money spent is just not good enough. Now, whether that's Pochettino's fault, I'm not entirely sure, but there is so many holes in that Chelsea squad. They need a goalkeeper. They need a centre-half to replace Tiago Silva, who's probably leaving at the end of this season. They desperately need a centre-forward. And, you know, as good as Cole Palmer has been, and I'm not knocking that transfer whatsoever, they've got too many players of that ilk, if you like. They've spent money on Unkunku, who, again, could be a great player, but why haven't they signed a centre-forward? Why did they not prioritise that in the summer? That should have been the the be-all and end-all and they've not done that and I think that's where they're paying the price, really. A failure to put the ball in the back of the net and now confidence is slipping away.
0: James, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on but I do feel as though you've agreed a bit too much with Robbie Savage. I feel like we need to find something for you to both disagree on.
1: Oh, what about Manchester United, James? Well, what's your take on Manchester United? (laughs) What, what what's your take? Uh, oh, well...
0: I, I... <laughs> that says it all!
1: They're not going to get top seven this year, that's for sure. Top seven? Well, the are six at the minute, James. They're not going to finish there, Robbie. They will not finish there. Tell me why.
2: There's too many holes in that squad. Useless. So where? Tell me where. Goal- keep, goalkeeper's useless. Paid over the odds for him. So, what else? Two centre halves who aren't. can't find the right combination of. Not good enough. I'll give Martinez, and Martinez is quite good, but he's not often fit. Midfield, well... I do like Cobby Mainu, he's, he's fantastic, but, you know, Casemiro gone, rubbish, get rid.
1: Too many players who are not good enough for a club of that standard. Listen, they will finish in the top seven. I think that's James, obviously, being a Leeds United fan, they will finish Where in the top seven. Where will they finish seven. then? Um,
0: Where? What position?
1: Um, Seventh. Sixth or higher. <laughs> <laughs> I just think right now, it's firstly with a new investment from in the Austin to Jim Radcliffe. You would say that Ten Hag, it's almost a trial period from now to the end of the season. I think um, there's got to be an alignment, the process, um, who they're going to bring in in the summer. But once again, Manchester United, the youth academy, the academy system is proving its worth. If you look at our last seven goals, the goal involvements from academy graduates looking at the fundamental part of the team at the minute, Ganacho, Kobe Mayu, Rashford, McTominy. And if you think of the goals that those Academy graduates have got this season, without those goals, you know, I'd agree with James that United might finish outside the top seven. But what would you do with Ten Hag then? Get, well, I think you're right. He's on trial between now and the end of the season. But I don't think the signings have
2: been good. I don't think the recruitment has been good. You're right to point out Kobe Mainu. He's been fantastic. And the youth players that have come through have been very, very good. But I think there needs to be a thorough overview of the recruitment, which I'm sure Radcliffe will do. Um, and I think they need to think very carefully about the type of players they bring in. They need to be spending more on the upcoming talents and not the established names like your Casemiro's and Rafael Varans because Man United do need You need a mix, must-
1: though, James. You need a mix. Every squad needs a mix. So, Casemiro last year was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was. This year, he's not been as good. But you need a blend. Look at Kobe Maynard now playing with Casemiro. How much do you think he's learned on a daily basis in games with playing next to him, James? He's probably learning lots, I'm sure. But down the line, he can be his replacement and Man United can... He's playing with him at the minute. But he can replace him ultimately. So surely they, if they, they're looking to bring somebody in now to play with Kobe at the next season. I would say so, yeah. Well, give me your name. Give me your name. Come on, Team Tom. Give me your name, Team Tom. You're ah, the director I'm... of
0: football. You can whip some names I'm out. I'm Aston James. I'm Aston James. I'm going to be honest. I can't deal with any more Manchester United chat we could make it we could make Robbie we could make an entire podcast just on your answer your defence of Manchester United alone so I'm not having you talking about it anymore you've said your bit you've got your column you can write it all there James thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure having a fellow Leeds United fan on with me yeah he just he just says the same answers as me anyway please come again don't let him put you off <laughs>
2: thank you ever
0: Robbie thank you for joining us and thank you for joining us for our very first episode of On Another Planet remember you can send all of your questions in to at planet sport bet on the socials and make sure that you're following on another planet wherever you listen to your podcasts we'll see you next week
2: on another planet with planet
1: sport bet your world of sports betting 18 plus be gamble aware sports social podcast network